We're going to be going in, uh, staying in uh, John chapter 15 today. And as we get started, I just want to do kind of a recap on it. We, uh, they're in the upper room. Jesus is sharing with his disciples. He's preparing them for what's coming. He's in his final hours. He knows that his day is right around the corner. They've been walking with him. He's been teaching them, showing them all the things that, he's, that, he, that he does, the miracles and all. But at the same time, he's preparing them for what's coming. Because he knows that there's going to come a time when he's not going to be here anymore. And that they're going to be on their own along with the helper that he's going to send to them to uh, continue on his word and to uh, share the gospel. The first part of chapter 15 talks about our relationship as believers to Christ. It talks about the vine, the vine dresser and the branches. God Almighty being the vine dresser. Jesus Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Without the vine, we can do nothing. The vine dresser, as we go around, as we begin to bear fruit through Christ, he prunes us so that we continue to bear good fruit. If we're not bearing any fruit at all, he cuts the branch off, throws it away, and after a while they, they burn the old dead branches. But if we abide in Christ, which is what this is all about, abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us, then we're going to continue to bear that fruit and we're going to be continue to be pruned. At times, the pruning may may be kind of tough. But when when we're being pruned, that means we're going to be bearing more better fruit as time goes along. And uh, then after that, the next part, we talk about the relationship of believers to each other. That's what Joe spoke about last week. And the one thing that, that really stuck out on that is what? That we are to love one another. We're to love one another is what? Jesus loves us. And so... We have to continue to remember that. We have to remember that greater, greater, <clears throat> excuse me, greater love has no one than he who would give his life for his friends. And guess what? I think Jesus kind of portrayed that right there, didn't he? When he gave his life for his friends. Because you remember in the scripture here, he talks to the disciples and he tells them, I no longer call you servants. I call you what? Friends. So that, that's, a, that's a big move there. Going from a servant of Christ to a friend of Christ. And later on down the road, he did just that. He gave his life for us. That we might live eternally for him. Are you a friend of Jesus? If you died today, do you know for certain that you would go to heaven? We're going to get back to that in a little while. So you, you think about that. Now, as we, uh, as we go past the, the relationship of believers to each other, 
the first couple of parts of it were were real positive things. Talking about abiding in Christ, Christ abiding in us. Talking about loving one another. About giving our life for, for one another. He tells us there, he goes, I command you that you love one another. That's one thing I love about this church. This church is a very loving, loving congregation. Been in some churches before to where they're not real loving, not anywhere near the love that's here. But Christ commands us to love one another. Now we're going to get into a little bit the latter part of chapter 15. And it's going to be a little bit different than the first two parts. Because it talks about our relationship as believers to the world. The world's not a very good place right now, is it? Hadn't been a very good place in, for a long time. Doesn't take much to look around and, and see all the hatred and the, and the evil going on. I mean, all we have to do right now, we prayed about this particular person, prayed about this last night at the Pulse. All we have to do is look at Afghanistan and what's going on right there, don't we? We're going to start in verse 18. We're going to read through verse 27. If you don't mind, let's stand and read the word of God together, please. If the word, the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Go ahead and have a seat. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. The back of my t-shirt says, I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than to stand with the world and be judged by God. I pray that that's the, uh, that's the saying for all of us here today because of the fact that I do not want to be a part of this crazy mixed up world I live in it just like you do yes 
But we are told not to be conformed to the world. We live in it, but we're not to be conformed to it because as believers, we believe in God Almighty and we follow him and the word that he gives us to, to uh, live. <clears throat> I want to read James 4.4 4 and then... Actually, I'm going to go to, we're going to go to 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 15 first. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to flip over real quick like to James 4.4. 4. <clears throat> Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We see right here in, in our words, in the, in the scripture, that we cannot live in the world and follow God. We cannot be of the world and follow God. We can't serve two gods at one time. And so Christ is telling his disciples if the world hates you, they're going to hate you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. But if you were of the world, the world wouldn't hate you. The world would love you because you're in it. You're part of it. And going through some different sermons and, and all that I, I was going through this week, uh, one of the uh, pastors I that I was uh, watching made the comment that Christians are the most loved people by God, but they're the most hated people by the, uh, by the world. And I, I ask you this today, because this is a crazy world that we're living in. If somebody came up to you one day, today, and they had a gun in their hand, and they told you, if you profess the name of God in front of me, I'm going to shoot and kill you. If, if you. if you profess that you love Jesus Christ and you follow Jesus Christ, I'm going to kill you right now. What would you do? Would you profess the name of Christ? Or would you just turn and say no? I pray that every single one of us here have that firm foundation, the firm roots in Jesus Christ, that we would look them straight in the face and we would tell them how much Jesus loves us, how much Jesus has changed our life. And that if they kill, if they kill me right then and there, I'm already right there on my flight, heavenly flight to Beulah Land. I'll miss all y'all. I love you to death, but I'm going straight to Glory Land 
because I know where my faith and trust is. And I pray that you know where yours is too. He's telling them this because it's an evil world out there where they're at. When they were living in their times, it was as bad then as, as what it is for us now. Things haven't changed. The world is the world. Sin is sin. And the, the people of the world, they can't stand Christians. They can't stand what we stand for. Because we are so different than what they are. We have that truth. We have that knowledge in us. We have that foundation that we know without a shadow of a doubt. That when we die, we're going to heaven. But if, if, they, if they don't have that then they don't know anything about that whatsoever. Verse 20 talks about the servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted Jesus for what he stood for, for what he did, they're going to persecute the, the disciples back then during this time. But guess what? We're the disciples of this day and time, aren't we? So this word applies to us as well. They're going to persecute us. Just like I was talking about in Afghanistan earlier. I know it's, it's getting around. I know a lot of you have already probably seen it. That it's a uh, video of the uh, Christian underground in Afghanistan. The Taliban's taking over. And uh, while they're talking on the phone to a family member or whoever it is. The Taliban came in and shot and killed them. But the one thing about that that is so, so touching to me is when I read this, that there were children in that room that told their mother and their parents and whoever else is there, we will never stop professing Jesus Christ. Children saying that. So that shows you right there how powerful the word of God is. And I'm going to throw a little note in there too on Awana about that right now. That that's where Awana works in these kids. And puts the word of God in their hearts. And when it gets in their hearts, it stays in their hearts. So that's just another little Awana plug. But, but we have to... Be prepared. Because like I said, this is a crazy evil world that we're living in. If they kept his work, uh, they persecuted Jesus, they will persecute you. But there's many of them that heard Jesus and they turned and they changed their lives and they followed him. Even through all this, they, they continued to follow Jesus. And they kept his word. And that's why the, Jesus tells his disciples. If they kept my word. They will keep your word also. So we as disciples. Have to continue. Spreading the word of Jesus. Through this world. Because there are people that want to hear. The word of God. There are people out there. That have never heard it before. But yet. When you start talking to them. Their eyes kind of. Perk up like. Who is this that you're talking about? So we have to continue on sharing the gospel. 
The world does all these things to us because they don't believe the word of God and they don't want us to spread it throughout the world. The world. I've kind of touched on that all already. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. When I was reading this and studying it, something that came across my mind about this was when I read, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But because I have, they have no excuse. And so it kind of reminds me of the uh, Great Commission where he tells us that we're to go out and to spread the gospel to the other parts of the world. And by doing that, by spreading the word, once we do share the gospel with, with uh, whoever, they've had that opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. They've heard the word. So now they just can't say, well, I never heard the gospel. I'm okay. I'm going to tell you a quick story about this. And this is, tr this is a true story. It blew my mind when, when I heard this. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know the guy very well. He grew up in a primitive Baptist denominational church. And I was talking to him one day. He's everything that he lays out on the table. I, I until this day do not believe he's saved. I've tried to talk with him. He really doesn't want to listen to me. But he told me as a kid growing up in the church there that they didn't believe in missionaries. And that kind of got my attention. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, our feelings about it were that if we if we sent out missionaries and they and they shared the word and oh, I'm, I'm sorry, let me back up with that. Um, let me start again. If we did not send out missionaries to spread the the word throughout the world, then God's not going to keep somebody from going to heaven because they hadn't heard the word of Christ before. And I kind of, I had to scratch my head on that. I'm like, I had to go back and have him repeat it again so I could make sure I understood this. They don't want to send missionaries out into the world because they don't want to share the world, the word with the world in case somebody doesn't want to accept Christ. Because as long as you're incompetent or whatever about it and you haven't heard it, then God's gracious enough, he's going to let you go to heaven. So then I kind of threw, went back and threw the Great Commission at him. And I said, well, what about the Great Commission? And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, man. So, you know, there's, there's some mixed up things. There's some mixed up things in this world with, with our churches. And so we have to be careful and, and uh, look at this carefully. But he says, if I hadn't come... And told them the truth. They would have no sin. But because he, because I did. They have no excuse. I'm going to jump down here to. Uh, verse 23. And look at it for just a minute. 
He who hates me hates my father also. Once again, this is Jesus just showing that he and the father are one. They're one, one in the same. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. And once again, you know, he's come down. He's shared the word with them. He's taught them. He's given, given them the opportunity so they have no, no excuse for saying that they've never heard the word. Right here also, he's just talking about, he's come down, he's shown all these miracles and all these other, other uh, miraculous things that he's done on this earth to them. And still, even after all that, they've hated him and his father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated Jesus without a cause. They hated him because one, they were afraid of him. The Sanhedrins and the Pharisees and all, they were worried that because of what he was doing, that there were going to be so many other people that would leave them and that they would go and follow Jesus Christ. And uh, leave the Sadducees and uh, the, the Pharisees and all and, and follow Christ. And uh, they, they, they mocked him. They were setting up. They were trying to figure out how, how to kill him. Because for one, if all these other people were to follow Jesus Christ, then the Roman government would just come in and take over everything. And they wouldn't have their ruling their uh, their little councils and and their little governments there that the Roman government would just come in and take over everything then and they didn't want that they wanted to keep their own little control and all in there so they uh, they were figuring out how they could uh, how they could kill him and get rid of him. All this happened in order that the word would be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. I want to read Psalm 69, 4. It's about David crying out and it's, it's very, uh, very similar to that. Verse 4 says, Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me. Be in, my in, be in my enemies wrongfully, though I, though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. Once again, this right here runs very similar to Jesus. They, uh, they were after David, multitudes and multitudes of armies. And he's like, I have done nothing wrong to them but yet they come after me and want to destroy and want to kill me. And yet we see the same thing in Jesus Christ. He was here on this earth to walk and to teach, to show miracles, to save the world, to heal the sick, 
killed him blind. But yet because he had gone around and shared and, and made it known that he and the father were one and the same. They got very, very mad. He did, he did wonders on the Sabbath. Oh no. And as we know in their law, it was forbidden to heal or do any of that on the Sabbath day. Didn't bother Jesus. He knew what he was here for. But yet because of this, the world hated him. And eventually the world did kill him. As, as Christians today, it's not easy living in this world. Turn on the TV or look in the paper all the time we see things happening. And I know we, we talk about, well, the times are close at hand and this and that and other. While I do believe that, I also believe that the scripture tells us we don't know when the time's coming. The scripture tells us that we are to be ready to be going at it and to, uh, to be on guard, to be looking up at all times in the sky. One of these days, Jesus is coming. But is that day going to happen before our numbered days time out on us here? We don't know. But we need to be prepared. And I ask you this in closing. I'm go ahead and have uh, Johnny and Eli come on up. Because we're, uh, we're closing down now. Are you here today... And you know that you know that you know without a shadow of the doubt that when you walk out of this part today, if you died, you go to heaven. If you know that absolutely positively, hallelujah, praise God. Praise God. But if you're here today and you don't know that positively, Today's the day to change that in your life. We don't know when our time is up. And we don't want to tarry too long on that. Just saying, I've got plenty of time. I'm young. I'm 20. I'm 30. I'm not old like you. I'm not 62. But we have plenty of time to make that decision. You don't. That's what we need to stress. You don't have that time so if you're here today and you're not sure if you go to heaven or hell when you die let's make that right today during this song as we sing it now come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior times are tough I understand that but it's even it's even tougher when you don't have Jesus standing beside you, walking with you, carrying you through those storms. So I ask you now, if, if you don't have that salvation, let's get it right today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus again, Lord. And we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together and to...